0: Welcome to the Breaking Through the Noise podcast, a show designed to help you cut through all the static and find the tips, tricks, and encouragement you need to make your business successful. Your hosts are Mark Wilson and Laurel Wright, two entrepreneurs like you struggling and striving to find the pro tips and hacks to be more productive and make more money. Their goal every week is to give you the resources and encouragement that will help you gain an advantage over your competition. So let's not waste any time and get started. Here are your hosts, Mark and Laurel.
1: Well, howdy, Laurel. What brings you to these parts?
2: Um, duh, we're recording podcast episode four. When did you get stuck in a 1970s western,
1: Mark? Sorry, got carried away for a second. But you know what I was just thinking?
2: Um, it's scary when you think, and this will probably have to be edited, but I'll play along. What are you thinking, Mark?
1: I was just thinking if we were a music podcast, our theme song would be she's a little bit country and he's a little bit rock and roll. I'm, I'm not going to sing it because we don't record in a karaoke bar or in my shower for multiple reasons, obviously.
2: <laughs> okay, like I said, probably need to do some heavy editing on this one, but we should get started, don't you think?
1: <laughs> yes, Laurel, we should get started. Today's episode is the second in a series of four episodes that we started to give you some guidance and tips for building up your social media marketing and writing your social profile. We're going to talk for a few minutes about why to focus on a single social media platform and how to determine which one is best to connect with your target audience.
2: Yeah, um, as a social media marketer, I see a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs that get overwhelmed by trying to juggle growing multiple platforms at the same time. Even when you have a software system that allows you to post to multiple platforms, which we're going to talk about in future episodes, it still dilutes your efforts to grow and connect your audience. And once you start attracting people to your platform, it's critical to tell them clearly who you are and what problems you solve for your clients. Let's go ahead and jump in and talk about why to focus on a single platform and how to identify which is the right one for your business.
1: Yeah, Laurel, so that's a great question. Why is it important to focus on a single social platform?
2: Oh, there's a few reasons why. I think you should focus on a single platform, especially if you are just getting started. Each platform has its own learning curve, so you should master one before you try another. All the social media apps serve a unique purpose and use media differently. It's also easier to grow your following when you're herding people to the same place. And then once you have grown an audience, then you can begin to invite people to engage with you on other platforms. For example, Instagram and YouTube are both video driven. So you can build your audience with short videos on Instagram and then invite people to engage with your long form videos on your YouTube channel. So I'm betting the question you're going to ask out in listener land is, how do I know where my audience is engaging? And Mark has some statistics he's going to share with you to help answer that question.
1: Yeah, Laurel. So um, let's, we're going to look for a few minutes at um, just a few of the social platforms. And we'll start with Facebook. And Facebook's always, if you don't know where to get started, usually Facebook's a great place to, to start. Because it's still the 800-pound gorilla (laughs) for most markets. Uh, Facebook has nearly 3 3 billion, with a B, monthly active users. And a high percentage of users in all the age categories, even over uh, a third of people that are 65 years and older, uh, use Facebook. And they also have an 80% or greater penetration in all the income categories. So all ages, all incomes are still on Facebook. It's predominantly uh, female-driven, 54% versus 46%. But here's an interesting thing to consider. 96% of users access Facebook via their mobile device. So think of, we, we need to think that way when you're planning for content and media, and and again, we'll we'll talk about that in more detail in future episodes. Um, h- how to how to plan your your content for different devices. Now let's compare Facebook to Instagram. Instagram has become the the fastest growing social media platform in recent years. Uh, Instagram has grown to well over a billion monthly active users. And over half of those users, over 500 million of their users are active daily, which is um, quite impressive. Um, Laurel, this is your primary platform um, for social media for the Young Fables, your music uh, business, right?
2: Right, yeah. And I'm definitely active daily on Instagram for sure. So, stalk, stalk, Stalking and posting.
1: <laughs> Laurel, uh, you need to follow the Young Fables on Instagram if you don't. Uh, you'll get to know a lot about Laurel very quickly. It won't take long, yeah. trust me. But, but the, and here's some reasons why uh, Instagram is a great platform for uh, her music group. 67% of people that are between the ages of 18 and 29 use Instagram. So we used to joke in the past couple of years that when all the parents and grandparents started getting onto Facebook, all the millennials started moving to Instagram. <laughs> so, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. Um, even um, in the, in the, the uh, older age groups, uh, 23% of people ages 50 to 64 use Instagram. Um, so, you know, it, it's um, it's a great fit for Laurel's, you know, audience of young listeners. Now, here's something that um, was very interesting to me that I didn't realize until I researched these statistics, is that uh, 60% of households with an annual income over $100,000 a year use Instagram. So, um, it's, you know... High middle um, middle income and higher income um, users are on Instagram.
2: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's it's slightly uh, female dominant. It's fifty one percent to forty nine percent, which quite. Frankly, is is a little bit closer than I would have guessed.
2: That's actually my exact um, like. If you looked at the back end on the Young Fables Instagram account, that's exactly what my following is exact numbers. So I don't know if that's just coincidence or.
1: You know, I think it's it's you've got such a large following. You, you're you're probably gonna uh, mirror a lot of Instagram's overall statistics. We'll uh, and we'll dig into to that in a future episode how to, how to, what those statistics mean, and, and we'll use Laurel's Instagram as an example. <laughs> um, but here's a great comparison between Instagram and Facebook. Instagram users spend 53 minutes a day on, on the platform, on Instagram, almost an hour a day scrolling pictures, whereas Facebook users are spending about 35 minutes a day again scrolling so think about that Um, that's the the one thing when looking at facebook and instagram that we'll talk about is how do we get people to stop the scroll how how do we draw attention to our post when people are are scrolling for you know an an hour a day and they're probably doing it in five minute increments throughout the day you know you pull your phone out i'm not going to tell you where i Scroll Instagram first thing in the morning, but (laughs) we'll leave it there. And from a business perspective, Instagram um, estimates that 71% of U.S. businesses have an Instagram account, and 83% of Instagram users say they've discovered new products and services on Instagram. And I will testify, I have bought products on Instagram, and I swore I wouldn't. Me too. <laughs> and they were—they've turned out to be great products. So it's a great place to showcase your uh, your business and your products. It's not just a uh, you know a photo gallery of your best friend's vacation photos. Um, Pinterest, Laurel, do you have a Pinterest account?
2: I do. But I don't really do anything. It's just like my own Pinterest account that I created so I could just look up other
1: people's Pinterest accounts, if that makes sense. I don't, sure, really, yeah.
2: I don't use it that much. Is that bad?
1: Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it because I, I'm the same way, Laura. I, I use P- Pinterest to get ideas from other people. Um, Pinterest has, it's, it's a much smaller, a little more niche, uh, but it still has over 300 million monthly active users. Um, And this isn't surprising. 70% of all uh, females ages 35, I mean, 30 to 49 um, are on Pinterest. So 35% of people ages 70, I mean, ages 30 to 49 use Pinterest. And 70% of all females in that age group use Pinterest.
2: That sounds about right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's you know, crafts and mm-hmm. home decor, and I look at it for backyard landscaping and gardening. Um, but it's also very attractive to households with an annual income above seventy five thousand. So forty one percent of households with an income over seventy five grand use Pinterest, uh, which is interesting. Now here's um, oh one more quick thing um, Pinterest users only spend about 15 minutes per visit on the platform not per day but per visit so people when they get on Pinterest they're staying longer but they're probably just getting on one time a day
2: maybe because they're um, like learning something maybe instead of just like
1: I don't know that no I think you're exactly right Laura I think they you they go for a purpose to find something. And they, they find it, research it, and they're done. Yeah. So, 80% of users access Pinterest via mobile devices, um, which makes a lot of sense. Here's, here's where you might want to think about why Pinterest might need to play a bigger role um, with your social media marketing is 90% of weekly pinners, people that are pinning or posting on Pinterest, um, 90% of weekly pinners used Pinterest to make purchase decisions. So people that are pinning content on Pinterest are also using the platform to make buying decisions. Wow. And then Pinterest drives 33% more referral traffic to shopping sites than Facebook, it's it's a a third the size, less than a third the size of Facebook, but it's it's driving a third more referral business to shopping sites. Again, think about it. People are going there for craft ideas, for home decor, for clothes, for um, tools, uh, projects, DIY projects. Um, I would dare say there's probably music on there as well.
2: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: So, uh, people who travel are two times more likely to use Pinterest. Now, I'm not saying that that might... It could be your primary platform for somebody out there that's got like an Etsy business. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect. You ought to build out your Pinterest. um, But you probably ought to build out Facebook first and then move to Pinterest. Um but that's just that's just me just because it's easier. Pinterest is a little more it's obviously smaller and a little more specialized. Um particularly if you if you're trying to build an audience. If you have an audience on Facebook already, then by by all means go ahead and, and create a Pinterest because that will drive your your Etsy, your craft business, your online products business um probably through the roof. Um I want to look at one more Platform. We're not going to talk about Twitter because it's um, it's spiraling out of control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn is is a you know business networking platform, and it's the top social media platform for business to business social media marketing. Um, it's demographic skew slightly older, with thirty to forty nine year olds making up the largest group of LinkedIn users. So. It's, it's people that are in their career, uh, they're, they're upwardly mobile, you know, they're um, probably tr- trying to get their next promotion. So it's, and again, it's a smaller platform with just over 250 million monthly active users. Um, and it's predominantly male. 57% of LinkedIn users are male. And it also skews to the higher incomes, obviously. Um, Now, here's an interesting thing to consider with LinkedIn. On average, LinkedIn users spend um, six minutes and seven seconds per session.
2: That's very specific.
1: That was extremely (laughs) specific. So it must be true. So LinkedIn is not a platform where people are going to throughout the day to um, to scroll, to get information. Uh, they are using it, um, to network. They're probably logging on a great, a strategy I was always taught with LinkedIn was you take five minutes in the morning, check your notifications, check your connections, try to, try to connect with a new person every day. Um, one that, of my,
2: and, um, Sorry I interrupted you, Mark. Oh I was boy. just gonna say one of my clients is a health, healthcare marketing company, and they are a company that works with other companies, like other healthcare companies and practices. So you're talking about business to business, and that's their number one platform. That's where they yeah. thrive the most.
1: That makes that makes perfect sense. Um, I have had great success. Um, with my church marketing business, a lot of pastors uh, are on um, LinkedIn because they never know when the deacon board's going to fire them from their current job and they've <laughs> got to be ready for their next one. So, they've got that to fall back on. Um, so, you know, all that being said, oh, and by the way, all these statistics, I've got a document and some graphs that, I, that will be in the show notes. The links will be there. So you can dig into it, you know, feel free to, to look at, you know, g- to Google some updated statistics. Um, but, you know, the point is, find out, find out where your people are hanging out. And quite honestly, it's probably going to be Facebook or Instagram. So those, those would be two great places to start to grow your audience. then once you have an audience built then again you can start migrating them to other platforms that you're using that make sense for your business does that make sense laurel
2: yeah it does make sense i've I've actually learned a lot from you today mark which is rare i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding
1: (laughs) it's a great day i can teach laurel something new we should stop there um so check out the show notes Click on the links, go to those resources. You know, I think it'll be fascinating for you. And again, if you've done your homework on trying to identify your audience, then you know you're going to be able to, to pick and choose what platform is going to be a, a good fit for you. So that leads us into our that one thing tip segment today, and it's going to piggyback on our on our topic with some hacks for sizing your images and videos for the various social platforms. Because what you find out very quickly is that each one of these social media platforms has their own image sizes, their own image uh, requirements, Mm -hmm. and there is no universal standard, which drives uh, designers and marketers crazy. Yep. So, uh, Laurel's going to walk us through some uh, hacks and tips for sizing your social media images. When we come back, we'll discuss some pro tips for writing your social media profile.
2: this might be hard to hear for some of you, but when it comes to social media images, size matters and it's not just the size of the pictures you want to post either. It's your profile pictures, cover images, and headers that are important too. Then you have to consider orientation and guess what? There's no standard sizing for all social platforms. Each one is unique. Why so different and why does each platform have different sizing requirements? Here are some tips for Facebook and Instagram, but please always check the help section of each platform if you run into problems, because sizing can change from year to year. Rest assured, Facebook and the other social platforms don't just have these many variations to make things difficult for designers. Instead, these variations are because of the different devices where we can access these social apps. Think about it. While browsing in a laptop or PC, the screen is horizontal and mobile screens are vertical and tablets can go both ways hence the size of the devices calls for various dimensions. Here are some examples for Facebook and they're listed in the show notes too if you forget. Facebook profile photo size. For desktop, more than or equal to 180 by 180 pixels. And for mobile, more than or equal to 140 by 140 pixels. Link slash update image size 1200 by 628 pixels. For best results, upload JPEG files less than 100 kilobytes. Images with text, for instance, brand logo, must be a PNG file. Here's a pro tip to remember. Facebook doesn't stretch out your creatives. Instead, it crops them. Instagram is image-driven, so it's extremely important to get the size, orientation, and even aspect ratio of your pictures correct. We have two different ways to present images in Instagram that have different requirements. The feed and stories. Here are some tips for your feed. Profile photo size, 110 by 110 pixels compared to Facebook at 140. Photo size, 1080 by 1080 pixels. Photo thumbnail, 161 by 161 pixels. And you can upload a photo for feed posts with the width of at least 1080 pixels with an aspect ratio between 1.91 by one and four by five for best results. These images work great as square or slightly rectangular. Then for Instagram Stories, we have an altogether different look. By the way, Stories is the most popular feature of Instagram, and it's a fantastic way to showcase your brand and your products. The main tip for Stories is to think about portrait orientation. Recommended resolution size 1080 by 1920 with an aspect ratio of 9 by 16. Think about the orientation of your smartphone and you'll get the drift. And remember, unlike Facebook, Instagram's apps will stretch and crop images that are not an optimal size, so they can look really bad if you aren't careful. I could spend the next hour going through all the sizing for each of the platforms, but that would be unbelievably boring, and I would probably get the numbers wrong or stumble over my words like I have been, and probably kill our podcast. So I've included in the show notes some links for sizing guides, but if you run into any problems, always consult the help documents for each platform. Just remember to pay attention to your image sizes and use your cheat sheets to get them right. It can make the difference in a great post and a dud. See you next week for that one thing tip. You
1: know, Laurel, an important part of your social media presence that gets overlooked by most do-it-yourselfers is a a well-crafted profile. Remember what we talked about in our last episode on messaging. The focus of your message is on your customer's problem, how it makes them feel, and how you can solve it. So guess what the focus of your social media profile should be? I'll give you three guesses, Laurel.
2: Are you serious? You're quizzing me right now? No, we're not you're not you're not quizzing me right now. Mm-mm, I
1: know I better not.
0: than
1: that. I'm not. But Laurel knows that. What your focus, your profile should be is on understanding, showing that you understand your customer's problem and telling people in a very laser-focused and succinct way how you solve those problems.
2: Oh, I guess I could have guessed that you were going to say.
1: Yeah, that. you know. <laughs> I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. All so, right, all right. So again, you know, a lot, all the things we talked about in last week's episode kind of build into where we are now. So this is again part of building a strategy. So your profile should be laser focused on a succinct description of how you solve your client problem, client's problems. So Laurel and I, Laurel and I are going to share uh, a, a few tips and hacks on, on what to look for in your putting together your profile. So one thing that is important when, when you're writing this description about how you solve, your client's problems is is to use keywords targeted toward your audience targeted toward those problems. So, you know, one of the goals of professional social networking is making new connections obviously. When your professional bio is geared toward search engines, you're much easier to find. So, use words that are specific to your experience in particular industries such as journalism, media, engineering, marketing, public relations. These keywords will attract those seeking to hire your your particular professional profile. And you can find top keywords for your business or in, industry with a with a free program like wordtracker.com. wordtracker.com. Um you can even plug in your website or industry leaders or even competitors' websites to see what keywords are showing up um, in in those websites so it's a really good tool
2: i love all of that and i feel like another one should be you should avoid buzzwords you should be professional in every area of your social network bio so i don't think you should use words such as like guru or ninja because these words are often overused and easily misunderstood rather than lifting the professional up the person appears to be bordering on incompetent and instead of I don't know. Instead, write about your top expertise and vast experience in your career. Avoiding buzzwords is a way to keep the content of your bio fresh and up to date.
1: You know, that's a great point too, Laurel, about keeping your bio fresh and up to date because you need to provide regular updates. Um, Maximize the benefit of your social networks through regularly updating your professional bio whether it's a new promotion, a move to a new company or stepping out as an entrepreneur, update your accounts. Regular updates keep you fresh in the minds of other professionals in your network. In, in this way, you keep your content from being dull and boring and out of date.
2: Mhm. And you should add a picture of yourself. I know some people might love that, some people might hate that, but and I don't know, it, it might be tempting and don't add a photo of something you adore, like a kitten or a puppy even though that's really fun and people love to look at things like that, like me, Um, you should upload a nice crisp photo of yourself. Not only does this add a personal touch, it's another way to let others get to know you because your face is a huge part of your personal brand. Uh, People are more apt to want to work with someone that they can see. And I think that you should get professional headshots and photos of you working with clients or in action. That's something that I can vouch for. I mean, that's, that's, I don't know, a, a must-have in my career with the young fables.
1: And I, that's a great great idea, Laura, because I fought that for a long time. And once I started um, using more pictures of me, um, it's still awkward. But it, uh, people now feel like, you know, I've grown my following because people feel like they, they know they, who I am. They now. know you.
2: And, and another thing about, like, You know, going back to the healthcare marketing company that I work with, it's, you know, a lot of that, a lot of posting is, you know, tips on healthcare marketing or just things like that. And the thing that, or the posts that get the most interaction is pictures of them in the office doing something or just of the people that work there. If it's a Christmas party and they're doing something together, like those are the posts that, you know, are, are, I don't know. They just get the most interaction. And yeah, it's super, super important.
1: People like to look at real people. Yes, they do. Um, Here's, and, and this is me maybe, you know, talking to myself a little bit. Always proofread. Even a, a minor grammatical mistake can, can become an embarrassing and very public mistake if it <laughs> winds up in your profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we're all under time constraints and you want to get stuff out, proofreading only requires a few minutes and could avoid the loss of business or or a personal reference. Because think about it, you know your bio is the first reference point somebody might have for you, so don't skip this important step. You know, let somebody else read it. Mm-hmm. Let give it to someone. And that does a couple of things because they can not only look for grammatical errors, they can tell you if this makes sense. Hey, does this sound like me? Would would you be would you want to connect with this person? So there's there's a couple of great uh, benefits from letting someone else proofread uh, your your bio writing. And again, failure to proofread could result in a mistake, which makes you look incapable of doing the job that you're trying to uh, apply for or the business you're trying to win uh, from potential clients.
2: Yeah, and and not only your bio, but also like your posts. I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of kind of, you know, making a post super quick and posting it just because it's certain time of the day that I think it's going to get the most interaction and I'll make a mistake and then I'll have somebody text me and be like, Oh my gosh, you misspelled the word fish. And I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, Um, (laughs) you should make yourself recognizable across networks. Stay consistent across social networks. This technique makes you easily accessible across platforms. Use the same logo and the same message. You should keep your profile public and accessible across all social networks. Link profiles across social mediums such as blogs, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and so many more. Ooh, I feel like this has been a so long yes, mark.
1: Yeah, we did. We've covered a lot of ground.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely critical for someone trying to build their social media audience, a newbie or a solopreneur, to focus on building one social platform. And even when you become an experienced social media marketer, you're still going to probably give more attention to a particular platform, mine is Instagram, and hopefully the one where your audience connects online.
1: I agree 100% Laurel. And you know, the the first most important thing to do on your platform is to get your profile information set up so that your customers know, they know what, they know who you are and how your product or service can solve a problem.
2: Yeah, and the good thing is once you get your profile correct for your first platform, then you can use it everywhere online that you have a profile. Consistency is the key because your audience grows and they engage with you more and they're going to start seeing you in other places online.
1: Exactly, Laurel. Um, Next week, we will wrap – we will – start to wrap up our initial series on the basics of building a a social media marketing strategy. We've got two more episodes, so we're we're over halfway through. But this is just a, a beginning conversation. On the podcast, we'll continue to look at how we use social media to engage, connect, and sell your products and services. Because the goal of our social media is not to collect likes and shares, but to generate revenue.
2: That's right. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast today. If this is your first time with us, be sure to check out some of our earlier episodes and join us again next week for a brand new episode. Check out the show notes for more important links from the, that one thing tip segment and all the ways that you can connect with Mark and I next week. We're going to talk about planning your social media by using a content calendar. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. You will be automatically updated when new episodes come out. Feel free to share us with your friends, your colleagues, your mama, your daddy, whoever. (laughs) Have a great week. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week on Breaking Through the Noise.
0: Thanks for investing a few minutes with us on the podcast today. We hope Breaking Through the Noise will become your go-to resource for growing your business and yourself with our pro tips and life hacks. If you like what you heard, Please do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if it was helpful, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And most importantly, let's get connected. Hit us up on social media. Our links are in the show notes. Our theme music is from The Young Fables. Check out all their work on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. We'll see you again next week as we keep breaking through the noise.